Hey y'all, welcome to All Truth No Cap, a podcast for teenagers. If you would, take a moment and uh, hit the follow button and leave a review. And as always, uh, if you'd like to follow uh, on Facebook, my name is Ben Morrissey. And if you follow on Instagram, uh, my handle is at Ben Morrissey YP. And if you do have any questions or a topic that maybe you or another might be struggling with, shoot it my way, uh, whether by text message or uh, Instagram message, Facebook message, uh, but shoot it my way and we'll try to get it answered uh, biblically. And uh, so you can see and kind of anchor in your mind what you believe and uh, the like and follow. And uh, if you would hit both of those and uh, that would give an opportunity for this uh, podcast to appear in other people's feeds and uh, hopefully build uh, the listening fellowship. Uh, once again, my goal is not necessarily to have a, a bunch of followers as much as uh, an opportunity to kind of influence as many people as I can. So if you'd hit both of those, and uh, I would really appreciate that. Last week, we talked about uh, our relationship with Christ, and uh, we talked about some uh, specifics in regards to why it's important and uh, how to build a better relationship, how to develop that relationship. Today, I'm going to kind of uh, go along with that. Like I said, I had a couple more questions come in. And uh, I think in follow up to our podcast from last week. And uh, so I'm going to kind of give a couple, uh, some practical things today. Uh, not that last week wasn't practical, uh, but uh, this is kind of more uh, on the nuts and bolts level uh, where we get down and kind of here, here's how to do this and, and some different things like that. So that's what we're going to look at today. A um, little bit of review just uh, so I just for sake of getting into it. And I know uh, sometimes when I review, it makes things uh, longer. But uh, once again, my goal is 50, between 15 and 20 minutes. So this is not going to be longer at all. But we talked about last week, uh, the fact that obviously a uh, relationship has to start somewhere. And uh, so being saved is the first and foremost thing. So salvation would be number one. Then we talked about the fact that uh, the building of a relationship or the developing of the relationship depends on me. You know, Christ, uh, he's already reached out. He's already there. He's waiting. The the strength of the relationship, the development of the relationship depends solely on me and my willingness to reach out and my willingness to uh, make it work, if you will. We talked about uh, sin would be a hindrance uh, to that relationship and it creates a tension there and uh, confessing that uh, he's promised in his word that when we confess it, he's faithful and just to forgive it, to cleanse us and to, or uh, faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so that once again, there's another benefit that is there. Uh, but that would improve as well. And then we talked about abiding uh, on the vine and the, trying to produce the fruits of the Spirit, when in turn we can't do that on our own and having to depend on Him. And the way we do that is by making sure we are attached to the vine so that His fruit is produced through us. So then, like I said, I'm going to look kind of at a couple different um, practical thoughts today. And I kind of look at some ways that we can uh, make our relationship better uh, that we have with him or, or maybe start it or wherever the case may be. But just kind of, like I said, give some practical things. First thing uh, that, I, that I have here is um, that we should have a set time. Um, in other words, don't, don't depend on um, your, your own memory. Don't depend on uh, your schedule to work out right. You need to have a set time, a specific time that this is the time I'm going to spend with God. Now, don't get me wrong. I know sometimes things happen and, you know, things come up and uh, you're busy in the morning and things like that. And I've told you before, you know, there's no set time. The Bible says uh, that you have to walk with God. It just 
talks about uh, the, the need to do so and the need to develop that relationship. Uh, David says in the Psalms, he says, early will I seek thee. You know, it's not going to hurt any of us uh, to give up a, an extra 15 or 20 minutes worth of sleep. Now, it might mean we have to go to bed a little bit earlier, which that that's something that might we might address at a different podcast about being up late and all that. Uh, but ultimately, you know, it's not going to hurt any of us to get up a few, few minutes early and to spend that time with God. Open his word. Don't do it straight out of bed. You know, get ready, take a shower and, uh, you know, make sure you do that as well. This isn't a, a personal hygiene uh, podcast, but make sure you take a shower uh, make sure you just get as ready as you can. You don't have to be ready to walk out the door, but get as ready as you can and then sit down and spend time with God, whether that be at your kitchen table, in your room. I say don't do it when you first wake up because what ends up happening? Well, you know what? Here's my Bible on the nightstand and we pull out our Bible and I'm going to start reading and we go right back to sleep. And so get up, get yourself awakened, get yourself ready to go and then sit down and spend time with God. And David said, early what I, will I seek that your mind is fresh. You've not faced any battles or difficulties that day. And uh, it's brand new, a fresh start. And uh, what better way to start that? And so first thing, obviously, um, uh, David says, early will I seek thee. You know, it's interesting too with uh, Adam and Eve. Uh, the Bible says that after they sinned, God came looking for them. The Bible says he came. Uh, it says, well, the way it's worded, it says God was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Uh, so whether that was uh, in the evening, it was in the morning, whatever the case may be. But there was a specific time that they were they were going to spend that time with God. And uh, so so often in our lives, we look at um, we look at our schedule and our walk with God is not what what we would call one of the big rocks of the schedule. It might be we might try to stick it in here, fit it in there, fit it in there. When I, I honestly speaking, that should be the number one thing. More important than anything else you do, setting aside that time and everything else has to form around that. And so, first of all, like I said, have a set time. The second thing, have a set pattern. Uh, don't just flop flop your Bible down on the table or, or a chair or something and wherever it opens, oh, that's what I'm going to read today. Have a set pattern to it. Now, I know some read uh, the book of Proverbs, read a proverb a day, and that's good. But if we read just a proverb a day uh, for all 365 days of the year, we'll get a lot out of it. But how much more is there? that we're missing. It'd be kind of like going to a buffet and getting one type of thing and you're realizing I'm missing out on all this other stuff, but because you know that and you're focused on it, in turn, you're missing out on all that other stuff. So have a set pattern, you know, read, uh, maybe read that proverb a day and then maybe one chapter in the Old Testament and one chapter in the New Testament. Uh, and you think, well, that's all, that's three chapters, right? But if you read, honestly, if you read about, I think it's four to five chapters a day, you'd read through the Bible in a year. Now, that's not necessarily a, a, a pat on the back type thing. It's a good accomplishment. Uh, but as you read through the entire Bible, you've given the Bible, uh, the entire Bible a chance to completely cleanse you. In other words, there might be something in Obadiah that you're not going to get from Proverbs, and God's got that set aside. So having a set pattern to it, don't just flop your Bible open and hope that it lands on something good. You know, it might end up in Leviticus and you're reading through, uh, you know, the the different um, uh, things that are supposed to go in the temple and the, it's a difficult chapter or difficult book. I've told you that before. And so don't just flop it open, have a set pattern to it and write through. Now, once again, the whole goal here is not so you can check a box and say, oh, great. I checked the box. I read my Bible, pat myself on the back, pat your little pointed head and go on with life. 
No, it's so you have, you're going specifically through and you know exactly, in some cases, you know the stories that are coming and God already begins to prepare your heart. You know, as you're coming up to maybe uh, the story or uh, the story of David or the story of Saul or the story of uh, Paul, things like that. God already can be working on your heart saying, hey, this is in, in, in your mind, kind of helping you focus on him so that when you sit down, he's already got thoughts going and it's part of that relationship. It's not just all of a sudden, all right, relationship with God time, turn it on, spend a couple minutes, all right, turn it back off. No, 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 it's supposed to influence your entire life. And so first of all, set have a set time. Second of all, have a set pattern to your Bible reading. The third one, have a desire to be fed. None of us would sit down, I mentioned a buffet a minute ago, none of us sit down to a meal hoping we don't get nutrition from it. We sit down to a meal hoping we get something from it, something that will sustain us till, uh, you know, till lunch or till, uh, till dinner that night, whatever the case may be. But we expect something from it. You should expect the same thing from your Bible reading. You know, uh, the Bible says that we, we have not because we ask not. You want something from God, then ask him. Say, God, you know what? I'm going through this or this is coming up or that's coming up. I don't know how to handle it. You've got to handle it. And in turn, sit down, you open up your Bible and all of a sudden God gives you some specific things. It might not be do this, do this, do this. It might be something to simply calm your spirit or to have you help, the right, or help to have you have the right spirit. I don't know, but whatever the case may be, you are going to him saying, God, I need to be fed. You ever see a baby, um, maybe you had a younger sibling or, or uh, maybe you have your own kids. I don't know how old necessarily you are, but you see a parent trying to feed a baby and uh, you know, the old helicopter where you're kind of trying to get that spoon to the baby's mouth. And in some cases, the, the baby gobbles that thing up. In some cases, the baby's not real fond of it, but even the stuff the baby's not fond of is good for him. And you know, we're very guilty sometimes of only picking out the things that we think uh, we can, we're doing well at rather than letting God speak to us using his entire word. And so as you sit down say, God, you know what? Show me the good and show me the bad. Show me what I can work on. Show me what I can fix. Not how I can fix someone else, but God, this is me and you. Show me, give me something from your word. And it's amazing when you do, he always comes through. He always gives you something but you have to make the conscious effort to go to him and say, God, I need to be fed this morning, or I need to be fed this evening, or, or whenever you spend that time with God, like I said, and number one, you should have a set time. Don't just assume it's gonna happen, have a set time. Number two, we said have a set pattern. Number three, we said have a desire to be fed. Number four, uh, it's kind of a, a different one, uh, but take notes. Now, I know some of you aren't allowed to write in your Bible, depending on how young you are. And I know my, my mom and dad didn't really want me writing my Bible as a kid, uh, whether I doodle in it or whatever the case may be. Uh, and so in some cases, you can't do that. Now, now I have a wide margin Bible and I'm constantly writing in that. If need be, get a notebook. And, you know, you think, well, I'm a guy, I don't like to journal. Well, you don't have to call it journaling. Just call it, you know, uh, maybe a notebook uh, because that's what it is. Uh, but in turn, what that allows you to do is to record the thoughts, record the things that you've asked God for and that he's given to you. That not necessarily even just prayers answered, but things in your life. You know what? I, I needed this or I was struggling with this and God gave me this verse. And it may be something later you go back and look and think, you know what? I'm struggling with, oh, remember that verse? And what it does is it'll, it strengthens that relationship you have with God because you keep going back. You know, you think with, with friends, 
You go back to memories. You go back to, oh, you remember when this, and you might sit there and laugh or cry, or whatever the case may be, looking back at those memories. That's what this journal or these notes would be. An opportunity to go back and look, remember uh, uh, that verse there, I was going through that and God gave me exactly what I needed. And that helps build your faith. You know, as a Christian, we should want our faith to grow. And sometimes our faith growing, it requires us to go through difficult times. And it helps us to go back and look and see, you know what? I was going through a difficult time. God gave me this first. God gave me that first. And as a result, it helped me to overcome or it helped me to be strengthened. So take notes. And you think, well, but but I, it sounds kind of corny the way I write it. This is between you and God. You don't have to walk around showing everybody your journal now, by all means. If you think it would help somebody, by all means, do so but it's between you and God. Keep your journal, if you will, keep what you write, keep what you pray, keep what you ask between you and him. You know, sometimes we feel, you know, and I've mentioned this before when, when it comes to prayer, sometimes somebody asks us to pray publicly and we get up and we give some, well, dear heavenly father, trying to, to, to sound a, a, a more, more important, trying to sound more professional, but ultimately it's just sitting down with God saying, God, here I am. I, I don't know, uh, you know, I, I don't know why I did this or, or why this is going on, why this struggle or that, but I've got to have you. And coming to him thirsty, coming to him hungry and asking him to feed you. And then as he feeds you, jot those things down, write them down. You know what? This verse, and this is what God gave to me. This verse, and this is what God gave to me. Because you never know when that's going to help you again or when it's going to be able to be used to help somebody else. So take notes. And the last one here is do. We said, set a, have a set time, have a set pattern, have a desire to be fed, take notes. But then the last thing is do. What you read, what God tells you, do. Uh, the Bible talks about don't be a hearer only, be a doer. It does no good to simply hear and as maybe your parents have said or teachers have said to let it go in one ear and out the other. You have to take it, you have to plug it in, you have to do with what God has given to you. You have to make the conscious effort, the conscious decision to do. Now, how do you know what to do? That comes from that journaling, the taking notes. It comes from asking God to feed you. It comes from just sitting down and spending time with him. You know, you're struggling with a relationship. You're struggling with this or that. God, I've got to have you. And God, you sit down and as you're reading, God gives you this and God gives you that. And it would do, it does no good if you don't plug it in. You've heard the example before about if I, if you had a medical condition, and uh, the doctor said, all right, here's here's what you do to fix it. And you went out and you did four of the five steps, but you didn't want to do that fifth step. And you come back and say, doctor, I'm not, I'm not any better. And the doctor says, well, did you do the five steps I gave you? So well, I did four of them. I didn't want to do the fifth one. Well, the doctor would say, that's on you. That's your fault. That's not my fault. I gave you exactly what you needed to do. And that's what happens. We come to God and say, God, you know what? I need this. I need that. And God feeds us. God gives us exactly what we need, but we have to plug it in then. And we have to do you know, as I was uh, thinking about this and uh, reading reading through some things for this, a couple of different things came to mind. The first thing that came to mind, the Bible talks about a man named Enoch. We don't know much about Enoch. Um, we know that uh, Enoch walked with God. The Bible says that two different times in Genesis and then says it later in the book of Hebrews. The Bible says that Enoch walked with God. And then it says he walked with God and was not because God took him. And I think what ended up happening is they got so, uh, their relationship became so strong and so sweet that God finally one day said, hey, Enoch, why don't you just come on up here and we'll continue this. Now, I don't know if people saw that or not, but I say that to say this, there was a little boy, his name was Noah. 
And Noah, his, I believe Enoch was his great grandfather, maybe his great, great grandfather. And obviously people lived for hundreds of years back then. So he would have seen Enoch. And you can imagine Enoch, or Noah asking mom and dad, you know, whatever happened to grandpa Enoch? Well, he was so close to God. He was, his relationship was so strong with God that God took him to heaven one day. And he just went to heaven, went to heaven with God. That had an impact on Noah because if, in Noah's life, if you remember from his from the Bible, uh, the Bible says that uh, all the earth did only evil continually, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah had learned to walk with God because he saw grandpa doing it. And you don't know who you, who is going to be watching you, who's going to be hearing you, who you can help, that their relationship or the beginnings of their relationship is going to be determined by what they see in you. As I said before, and I, I put it on my story on Instagram and took it down because I didn't think I thought it might be a little offensive to people. But just a thought here that we uh, with good reason, but we, we spend a lot of time on Easter, you know, people putting posts on he is risen and Bible verses and all that. And that's great. And I'm all for that. But what about the other 364 days of the year? When's the last time you posted a Bible verse or posted a thought on something that God gave to you in his word? You see, like I said, with with Enoch and Noah, that influence was strong in your influences as well. There are people watching you. There might be younger teenagers or, or, or uh, even younger than teenagers watching you and they see different things. And they see how you react and they see how you do act. Where are you leading them? Enoch's influence was key in Noah's, uh, his own walk with God. And as a result, the Bible says that God saved the earth because of Noah. Pretty amazing thought. But then the second thing is, uh, the Bible says in 1 Samuel, the Bible was talking about Eli, the Bible says that the word of God was precious in those days. Now, it doesn't mean it was valuable to people. It doesn't mean that it was something special. What it means is it was so rare that it was precious, much like a precious stone would be. And that's a sad thing because that's referring to the church. That's referring to, to the high priest, the preacher, in essence, in Eli. But let me ask you this, in your own life, is the word of God precious? And once again, I'm not talking about special. I'm talking about precious and the fact of your relationship with God is so rare. Is it or is it strong? Is it is it working? Is it is it developing? Where's it at? Because if you can't establish a base, if you can't establish this is where I'm at, God, and I, I want to grow, help me to grow. If you can't establish that, you're not going to grow. You're not going to get any stronger. You're not, you're the relationship's not going to develop at all. My last slide every week, uh, where before everything starts over uh, on our su- Sunday morning announcements slides, is a slide that shows the background of a, a doctor's office. And it said, if your if your relationship or your your relationship with Christ were as evident as your physical health, how would that look? Would you would your relationship uh, would you be on life support? Would you be strong and and growing, or would it be on life support? You see, your walk with God depends on you. I mentioned last week that you'll be as close to God as you want to be, as close to God as you desire to be. Where are you at, teenager? How's your walk with God? We said five things. Have a set time, have a set pattern, have a desire to be fed, take notes, but finally do.
Well, until next Saturday, I hope you all do well. If you do have any questions, like I said, shoot them my way and uh, uh, send me a Facebook message, Instagram message, text message, whatever the case may be. I want to be a help to you. That's the whole goal in this podcast, to help you develop and uh, to into the, the uh, teenager, the man or woman God wants you to be, and to help you navigate the world that you're in. But until next Saturday, we'll see you all later.